Welcome to To The Point with Clark Pena, a national podcast. We strongly endorse and support law and order. We are not a political podcast. It is not right versus left. It is right versus wrong. We believe in conversations, not confrontations. We believe that it is better to build bridges, not tear them down. To The Point podcast is a 100% uncensored talk show discussing the topics of what is happening today in our communities as well as what can happen tomorrow. Please have your comments and questions ready as we get to the point with Clark Pena. Hello, Clark. Mike Dorita. What a, what a, what a, what a start to this great show. I, I got I to gotta give it up to you. Got to give, <laughs> give it up to you. How, how are you? How are you doing tonight? I'm doing good. Very excited. Obviously, uh, this is our this is our first. We have a great guest. We're gonna have a great conversation. Uh, we're gonna rant. We're gonna let people know what we feel. If you this is uncensored, folks. If you don't like it, tune tune out. That's right. That's right. What, what, what you see and you hear, you might like like, but you, we bet we're betting money that you're gonna like it. So you're gonna like it. You're gonna like have a clock. What can't they like? What you know. What, I learned a lot about you, and we're very similar in some ways, and and I, I guess people are going to see that during the show, and um, it's, it's gonna it's it's gonna be a good show. So 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 what what do you got what do you got in store for us, Clark? Well, you know what time it is now, Mike. You know what time it is. I'm gonna take. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Clark's rant for two hundred. Am oh. I right? Two hundred? Can <laughs> I borrow two hundred? You're okay. 100% correct. You're on Let's clock. do a little rant real quick. I appreciate it, Mike. Listen, uh, New York City right now, what's going on in New York City is out of control. Since May, the city recorded 291 shootings, a more than 140% increase over the same period in 2019. A one-year-old child was killed in Brooklyn while in, in the stroller. An eight-year-old shot fighting for her life at Lincoln Hospital while she was in her home with her, with her mother. Yesterday, or two days ago, rather, a woman in Queens was found dead by her 14-year-old child, a victim of a stray bullet that came through her bedroom window. And today, I posted it on uh, To The Point, there was a shootout in broad daylight on 141st or 142nd Street in Broadway. Uh, there was a arrest made, and uh, the victim will survive. What is going on, folks? What is going on? What are elected officials doing? Why don't we hear from them? Are they afraid? What is the mayor doing? What is the governor doing? I have a suggestion. If you can't handle what's going on, call in the feds. National Guard does a great job. Look, as a former veteran, I know that they can fix the problem immediately. So let's cut to the chase for our elected officials. The people that are dying on the streets, the people that are getting hurt on the streets are your constituents. Mike, that's my rant. That's my story. Oh, we got to pay for that? Yeah, yeah, that's leave a mark. <laughs> you know what? I, that window, they, they can invoice us. I'm sorry about that. That's all. Just send it to uh, attention, Clark Pena. Okay, so a absolutely. 
All right, so Clark, we it's it's uh it's gonna be a great show. We we have a, a fantastic guest. Um, I've only known about uh, our guest for a couple of days, but from what I read, I'm just and and I said it a little bit before the show, but it's uh it's an honor and a pleasure to have him on and to know him and uh, you know people like him and uh, without further ado, do you, you you ready to bring on a guest? He's an American hero. Um. Uh, former retired ICE agent, a lot of people know him for a lot of great things that he has done. Uh, but before we bring him on, let's uh, let's play the audio tape. Okay. It's Embassy, it's Fish Office. This is uh, Victor Allen of ICE. We are shot. We are shot. We are on the highway of Querétaro, Mexico. We've been shot and attacked on the highway. I am an ICE. What is your name, you said, sir? Victor Avila, please call Jerry Miles. I will have another phone. So what did you please you call Jerry Miles. We've been shot on the highway. Highway? What is the highway, sir? To where? Mexico, Querétaro. They know where I'm at. Uh, okay. Try to remain online, please. Uh, yeah, it is. That's, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's something that's 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 but let's let's bring him on, Clark. We have retired ICE Homeland Security Investigations, Victor Avila. Let's bring him on. Hello, Victor. Hi, Mike. Hi, Clark. Thank you so much hey, for having sir. me. Thank you so Good much. Good to uh, see you. It's an honor to be your first guest on, on this wonderful podcast. Thank you for having me. Thank, Thank you, you so for, much for joining us. Thank you for submitting to this torture. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll be gentle. <laughs> we'll, we will be gentle. We'll be so, gentle. Go ahead, Clark. Yeah, listen, I just, uh, I, I know Victor from a, uh, a conference we attended uh, in Baltimore. And uh, I heard your story and I said uh, immediately, you know, everyone has to hear the story because what he went through, hey, look, he lost his partner. Uh, his partner was murdered in that same, uh, in that same uh, scene where he was involved. And we're lucky to have him here. Uh, so, Victor, without uh, no further ado, and uh, being that you know, the time is what it is, tell us all about you, uh, yourself. Tell us about uh, Highway 57 um, and, you know, what happened on that day. Yes, um, the incident that you guys are referring to happened back in 2011. I'm a retired ICE special agent uh, under Homeland Security Investigations, and I, uh, I was on an official assignment assigned to the U.S. Embassy in Mexico City back then. Um, and uh, in February 15th, 2011, uh, Special Agent Jaime Zapata and I were sent on this mission. It was kind of a dubious mission. Uh, I, I had challenged the mission, uh, but nevertheless, uh, we're ordered to go on this highway, Highway 57, which is the main corridor between Mexico City and Texas. In this case, we were meeting our, our uh, counterparts from the Monterey office to go exchange or pick up some equipment from them. And on the way back, um, Jaime Zapata and I uh, were ambushed by the Zeta, La, Los Zetas cartel uh, just past the state of San Luis Potosí. Um, that, that encounter, it was uh, two SUVs with uh, eight shooters that uh, forced us off the road and, and got us um, uh, to pull over and uh, eventually uh, fired upon us uh, during the, the altercation. Uh, in, uh, in our attempt to lock the doors, uh, my window, the armored vehicle window had lowered up approximately two inches. If you see that on the right side, 
and uh, two of the shooters came and introduced an AK-47 and a handgun right by my head. And uh, this is after I had identified myself as an American, as a U.S. diplomat, um, uh, as, uh, as a U.S. Embassy employee, that the vehicle was a diplomatic vehicle. They heard me. They acknowledged that they heard me during their testimony in 2017. And so they still uh, decided to open fire, which they did. I was, I was shot three times and uh, tragically, uh, Special Agent uh, Jaime Zapata uh, lost his life and he paid uh, the ultimate sacrifice for our country uh, that day. Agent Zapata was uh, your partner uh, for a long time where you were signed together for this one? Uh, no, this one no. It was, uh, I had just met Agent Zapata the, the day before I had been traveling um, in and out of the country, uh, Mexico at that time, even probably more so now is, was the busiest office, ICE office in the world. Um, as you can imagine, the conditions in Mexico are in shambles even, even today as we speak. And uh, Agent Zapata had only been in country as a temporary assignment agent, what we call a TDY for a little over a week. And so I met him um, the day before and they uh, assigned him to me to go do this trip that they urgently wanted this equipment by the next next day uh, by close of business. And so we had taken off very early that morning um, and on the way back about four hours uh, south, or I should say uh, north of Mexico City is where the attack occurred. What say you, Mike? Well, uh, the first question that comes to mind, because I, I did a lot of reading about this, Victor, and I, I was wondering, is, when they asked you to go get this equipment, I, I don't know how much detail you can go into, but is this a common thing? Did this happen a lot? Did they say, did, did you do this mission once before, or is, is this a, you know? That's a, that's a great question, Mike. Uh, this was a very unusual. Um, we, we never did this before. We always traveled in a convoy, either with other U.S. agents, uh, in uh, armored vehicles or with the host government, in this case, uh, the federal police in Mexico escorting us. Uh, that's the way we traveled every single time, especially on that road. Uh, the road, Highway 57, was not new to me. I had traveled it many, many times before. Right. And it was always with an escort. And we were not given that uh, courtesy or my supervisors did not um, provide that. There was no operational plan like there usually was. And on top of all this, there was a, 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 an alert that was issued by the U.S. Embassy through the U.S. Ambassador just about three weeks before prohibiting all U.S. personnel from traveling on that highway. And my, my supervisors ignored that alert. And it didn't, never mm. filtered down to you? You never, you never heard that? No, we, we knew about the alert. We, we all got the alert. All, it went through all U.S. personnel email. We all knew about it. And um, my, uh, one of my supervisors that uh, sent us on the mission he said, and I quote, uh, I'm not aware of any security issues in Mexico. So I'm not sure what country he, he thought he was working in, but it, it uh, you know, to this day, it still astonishes me how um, uh, the level of incompetence at that, at that, at that time was uh, uh, just kind of hitting us in the face. But I challenged the, uh, the assignment, tried to get the equipment to be shipped either through a diplomatic pouch, via air. There's very, very other ways uh, to get it to Mexico City but they had denied all that. And wow. uh, I was in preview to all the briefings that were done weeks, as a matter of fact, months before that assignment. In your, in your professional opinion, Victor, uh, was it incompetence or do you believe you guys were set up? 
Well, it's um, uh, no, I don't think it was a setup. Obviously, I, I, I would never say that that our supervisors intentionally put us in danger that way to get us hurt. No, uh, for sure. That's not what happened here. Uh, but we knew the security issues that were happening, especially on this road. We knew the cartel, the Zetas cartel controlled this region. That was no secret. I mean, I discussed that with the assistant attache out of our office from Monterey. He's the one that said, listen, there's a bunch of firefights going on on the highway between the Zetas cartel, the military, the police. You know, you know, it happens every day in Mexico, even worse now. And um, we knew about the, the intelligence. That's what we're there to do, right? We're, we're gathering intelligence and we're uh, uh, very aware of what's going on in the country. And that was brought up to the attention of my supervisor, but they still ignored it and still send us on that mission. Wow. wow. Well, wow. listen, we, we we can talk about Highway 57 for a long time. And also you have a book coming out that we're going to talk about. Um, where are you now as far as this case is concerned? Because I understand that, uh, you know, your partner passed away. Uh, he was killed. He was murdered. Yes. And there is no closure. It's still, it's still, it's a great question, Clark. Thanks for asking that because, uh, uh, almost 10 years after the attack, wow. we are still trying to uh, get documents from the from the government to get answers. That's one one big issue that's never gone away. The other one now are we were battling. It was just earlier this year, right at the beginning of the year, is that the defendants were all captured and uh, extradited to the U.S. and they were tried and they were sent to prison, federal prison. We weren't we weren't uh, happy with the sentences because they ranged from 35 years down to 12 years. Two of the defendants did get two consecutive life sentences. The ones that did the ones that went to trial and didn't speak a word and didn't want to cooperate. Well, earlier this year they had gone. Uh, the uh, the the two that got the life sentences appealed their sentences, and they appealed the murder charge. And the the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals dismissed in their words in the court's words is vacated the murder charge against agent Jaime Zapata because the the murder happened extraterritorially, meaning it happened outside of the United States. And so as we speak right now today, no one is held accountable for the murder of special agent Jaime Zapata. There are in, they are in prison for my attempted murder and drug, and uh, I'm sorry, and uh, gun charges, which to me, I don't care. I want them to be in prison and be held accountable for the murder of a U.S. agent abroad. Right. Absolutely. Is there any... Is there any international law then, Victor, this falls under? If it's not, uh, doesn't fall under the blanket of the United States a able to prosecute a case since it happened outside of the border? Isn't it? Yeah. A, wouldn't it be considered a war crime? No, it's actually, um, uh, there's precedent said by other uh, appellate courts. Uh, my understanding, there's three other appellate courts that had already upheld that the murder, any murder that happens to a U.S. Uh, uh, American employee abroad, it's okay to use that murder statute to prosecute them. So I don't know why the uh, the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals interpreted that differently. We are trying to change the law to make sure that it actually includes the word extraterritorially in there. And, and there's it's it's uh, it's getting some movement through through Congress. But that changing the law is not going to be retroactive uh, right now. We're hoping that the Department of Justice through the office of the Solicitor General um, push this case and, and file it with the U.S. Supreme Court. Wow. What can what can we do, Victor? I, I know we're going to have uh, thanks to Mike's outreach and, and, and outreach we've been doing together. Uh, it, what can we do as a group uh, of law enforcement folks, as first responders? What do you suggest? Because we would love to help. It's to is to bring awareness to um, uh, our officials in, in Washington D.C. 
you know, this is important because uh, we, we need to protect uh, the uh, the hundreds and maybe thousands of uh, U.S. agents that are abroad as we speak are serving our country and, and uh, all over the world. And um, we don't want this to be an open season on our, on our U.S. federal agents, knowing that the cartels or other people will know that they're not going to be convicted on, of murder, uh, of a murder charge. Uh, and so we need to we need to fix it and we need to fix, fix it fast. Exactly. That's that's a precedent for them to to it's it's open season on you guys down there, and it's it's terrible. Right. Absolutely. And from us, uh, our deepest condolences to the Zapata family, and we're going to stay on this. Mike, I will. Have to I will stay on that. This and, and, you, and, and your family as well. I'm sure this is uh, absolutely something. Your every- great family. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. It was uh, you know, was, uh, I, really quick. It's it's uh, it's been a journey to say the least. Uh, we're we're in a much better place, but. Uh, there was some rough times there after uh, after the shooting, and uh, I, I, I remain in contact with the Zapata family. I will send them your condolences, and uh, and I so talk much. to them briefly. They, they're uh, they're on board, and they allow me to to speak on their behalf when it's anything that we're trying to get done uh, for to get justice. Yeah, and real quick, Mike, if we can, if, uh, yeah. we're talking. Just put up Zapata's uh, uh, Agent Zapata's picture one more time. Sure. And I wanted to show. I, I want to show some of the uh, the comments that are that are coming in. Some nice comments. Yeah. Wow. So that's God bless him. God bless sad. Him. Very, very, very sad. But we have um, we have some comments here. Uh, let's see here. Uh, great choice on first guest. Truly American hero. We have um, great job, Clark. And someone just asked also, what can regular people do? A petition, maybe that you just kind of discussed this, Clark. That's- well, that's actually right. pretty pretty good. I hadn't uh, thought about that a, a public petition to get it to the uh, Department of Justice um, to make sure that that this goes to the Supreme Court. The deadline is actually right around the corner. I'm hoping that at least give the the Supreme Court the opportunity to listen to the case and do the right thing and bring back that murder charge because if they it's dismissed, they have to go back to court and be resentenced and there's a possibility that they're no longer, the 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 permanent or i should say the uh the the life sentences that they received can be reduced uh all the way down to 35 years right well we're gonna stay on it mike we're gonna stay on it we're gonna repeat this we're gonna keep talking about this let's get the whatever we have to do this this just can't stay the way it is uh victor you spoke about uh some of these issues uh in an upcoming book is that correct my book, my book, uh, Agent Under Fire, A Murder in, in a Manifesto. I've been working on this on this project for over four years, and, and it's, uh, it's, quen- it's been quite an endeavor and, um, and a very, very personal thing for me because I share not only my story about where I, where I grew up and my law enforcement career, but obviously I focus on my assignment in Mexico and the shooting. And I go into detail and describe uh, you know, the whole thing from A to Z. And then the second part of the uh, of the book is uh, uh, talking about my expertise and what I think about what we can be doing uh, in our southern border when it comes to border security, uh, illegal immigration, uh, sanctuary cities, the wall, uh, all those issues that affect us in our country. You know, Mexico and the cartels are embedded in our communities in the United States, and I do these uh, these presentations uh, around the country to US law enforcement and military to bring awareness of the threat that the cartels uh, already pose to our communities, especially right now with the methamphetamine and fentanyl that they are, are pouring into our communities. 
with this deadly poison and uh, it's important to do something about it. I, I, still don't I don't understand how they how they still get it into this country undetected. It's it's just it 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 blows my mind to to know that you know you're down there you know what's going on people up here know that what's going on but yet it still crosses the border and poisons so many people here. It sure does, and uh, um, uh, the wall is coming up. It'll be helpful. It's not a solve all, but it's definitely a, a tool that that really helps uh, our men and women of Border Patrol and Customs and Border Protection. But um, but also there's you know there's infrastructure there's uh, sensors there's uh, drones uh, I say let's give them all the tools all the manpower necessary to do that when it comes to the cartel I think it's important at this point to designate some of them as foreign terrorist organizations and I talk about it in my book in right. detail how that could be because it's a designation that goes through the through the Department of, uh, of State who right. does it eventually goes to the president but. Um, these, exactly. these cartels are, are, are worse than uh, at this point than ISIS, Al Qaeda, and yeah. the Taliban. There's actually a, a House Resolution 1700 that um, I guess is being proposed by by Chip Roy. Are you familiar with that? Yes, I am, and I'm a big supporter of it. Okay, yeah, because that that's to label drug cartels terrorist uh, organizations, and th that'll that'll take care of a lot of the things that we were saying before, where you can't you know cut through some of the red tape and charge them for what they did and. Well, it does. It does uh, immediately. Will do uh, two things. One, it'll seize all assets, monies, uh, the cartels that have all over the world in the world banking system. Uh, it'll seize their money. That's where it hurts them. Uh, second, you are able to. Uh, it gives DOD resources to go after them. Uh, this is no longer. You're no longer treating them like a, a long-term investigation. I identified you, and I'm going to follow you for three months, and then follow this and follow that. Now. You're, you're a terrorist organization. Just so imagine you start to talk to someone from ISIS right now. What's going to happen? You're going to get a knock on the door from FBI, right? right. Well, if you're a, a drug dealer in Chicago that is dealing the Sinaloa cartel's product, you are now a member of the Sinaloa cartel, which is a foreign terrorist organization. You get picked up. And, um, and there are different rules for that. And it'll be a cumbersome task between local, state, and federal agencies. But I think it could be done if the focus is is done right. And President Trump is, is, is very aware of this. He mentioned this last year. Um, he knows about the designation and uh, I hope he, he, he does it when he gets reelected. Right. And I remember, real quick, you, you go ahead, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm, I'm just going to play a, a comment, a really nice long comment here. Officer Pena, much love and gratitude for your service from my family to yours. Our niece was abducted and taken in Mexico in 2017. Federal officers were able to rescue her nine months later. We will always hold you and your brothers and sisters in blue in our hearts. May God bless you and all who protect us. So a lot of comments like that. Thank you. Thank you, Kelly. And you know, that was uh, that was an email that I received. And, and you know what I did was I just, all I did was connect the dots. I know people in the right places. We connected the dots and uh, she was brought home. So thank you for those comments. I appreciate that. Wow. Amazing. Thank you. And listen, how do we get that book? Well, it's, it's, uh, as, uh, it's so exciting because uh, it will be going live. Maybe by the time this interview is over, uh, I have gotten word today that it's just it's it's what they call they're preparing the the shelf, the store, and so it'll it could go live today uh, between Saturday and Sunday, no longer than this Monday, and it'll be available for pre-order, and it will be available to actually order outright on October twentieth. Wow. That's great. Just, just, just from the stories alone, Victor, that, that, that has to be, um, you, you must have a lot in that book. 
I, I share I share some of my uh, law enforcement stories. Uh, uh, there's a, a, a big section there on human trafficking. Uh, I'm a subject matter expert when it comes to human trafficking, and I worked a lot of that, and I rescued a lot of kids and women from uh, sexual exploitation and forced labor uh, uh, conditions. And so I talk about that, human smuggling, the big cases that I did in my career and, uh, and bring awareness to that and, and also to, to share those stories with the, with the readers. Nice. Just a, just a few uh, accolades that you've received and awards. The National Latino Peace Officers Association, was that 2012? That's 2012, uh, yes. That was, a, that was a bravery award? Yes, it was. It was a great honor. Then it was a Glo great honor. Global Alliance Hispanic Law Enforcement Professionals gave you a heroism award. I was there for that one. That was last year this time, Clark. It, it wasn't really, time flies. Almost, almost, almost to the date, a year ago to the date. Wow, and also the other one that I, that's where I met uh, Vice President Mike Pence. Yes, we did. He received the Aguila Award. Yes, uh, that was- From Hapcoa. Uh, it, was, it was a Medal of, uh, of Honor uh, Award from Hapcoa, and it, uh, my family and I got a chance to meet with Vice President Pence in private. It was a great honor to meet him and share our story uh, with him. The Zapata family, his parents uh, were there as well. And it was a great, great event. Uh, I'm, I was able to share my story in a, in a presentation also at, the, at that conference. So yes. it was a great experience overall. What was the uh, vice president's reaction when you did tell him the story? Did he know about the story? He was briefed on it and, and he knew about it. Um, he was very attentive and listened to every word that we said. Um, uh, he invited me to come to the White House anytime I wanted. Um, very receptive, very pro-law enforcement, and, and really, really, I felt that he had our back. And, and that's something that, uh, as we know in law enforcement, the backup is something so important, especially in the times that, we, that we're living right now. Just in your opening, Clark, and what you alluded to, uh, our men and women in law enforcement and first responders need all the support that they can get at this time because times are rough. Yeah, that's They're for sure. Really rough. Hi. Sure. Victor, what do you what do you have coming up? I, I, I see you're running for something. Well, you know, um, uh, I, I figured uh, I, I went with my book. I do these presentations and I figured, you know, I have a lot of public service in me. Um, I have uh, 20 years of public service and I figured what, what better way than to continue that public service. And uh, in this case, I'm running for my local city council in South Lake, Texas, and um, uh, really want to be able to give back. Uh, not only do I have the law enforcement experience, but I bring, you know, the government experience as far as uh, running budgets and policies. And I really am I'm citizen focused. Uh, you mentioned this, Clark, uh, this time local elections and local officials and elected officials are at utmost importance. Uh, they have the power to, to keep our, our city safe and secure in the decision making. And so I want to bring my leadership uh, to continue to keep South Lake safe as it is especially our schools and, 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 and also to be able to be focused with the citizens and what benefits them. I'm focused on to represent the citizens and what they, what they need. Is that your platform, Victor? What's, what's your, uh, you know, yeah, safety, yeah. yeah, safety and security is, is my platform. Um, there's a big issue here, uh, on multifamily units. Uh, they don't exist in a small community. Um, that's another platform. The, there's um, uh, we want to continue to to keep our community. It's a unique community of uh, about thirty one thousand residents. Um, it is an affluent community, and that's okay. Um, it's it, it's 
it's a lot of a lot of people that live here, like myself and my wife that move here, uh, have sacrificed a lot in in our hard work to be able to live in a beautiful place like this. And so I will, I want to be able to maintain that. Uh, I'm big on on low taxes and lower our property taxes and and balance our budgets and and continue to uh, enhance the city council. And I think I'll be an asset to it. And this is once again uh, South Lake, Texas. South Lake City Council, South Lake, Texas. Uh, early voting will start October 13th, and uh, now we're on the general election on November 3rd because it was going to be back uh, in May, but because of COVID, most local elections was, were postponed, and now we're going to be in the general election. So if you're listening to this and you are in the South Lake, <laughs> Texas area, you get to vote, uh, and I hope I can earn your vote. Yes, yes, we really can endorse, but uh, I look forward to uh, everyone else's concession speech and uh, for your acceptance. <laughs> well, thank you for that, Clark. I appreciate it. That's a great way of saying it. <laughs> You're welcome. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Yes. Um, how's the family? I, I know that uh, I met your son. I, I met your wife in, in, in Baltimore. How are they? They're doing good. They're doing good. They've adjusted well. Uh, my son is a sophomore in high school. He's continued oh, to wow. play soccer. My daughter is now a senior. Uh, at St. Edwards University in Austin. She is home now right, because right. they went online only, uh, but she wishes she was in Austin. Uh, she'll, she'll go back in the spring. Um, my wife, uh, you know, has been the pillar. Uh, I can't give her enough credit for what she's done uh, with for me and my family because um, I always kid around a little bit that if, if I wasn't a good person to be around before the shooting, I wasn't a, a really good person after the shooting. It was rough times, and uh, she had she had plenty of reasons to say I'm out of here, but but she stuck with me, and uh, I give her all the credit in the world uh, because I'm here uh, because of God's grace and because He gave me my wife to be able to support me and put me in, and see me through this. And by the way, we we yes. are uh, we are uh, celebrating our 22nd wedding anniversary this coming Saturday tomorrow. Congratulations! What's it? What's it? Do we have the uh, boy. Am I lucky? I remember that, right? It might. Do, do we have that track? Which 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 track, Clark? We need some applause here. Some applause. Yeah, but I have to ask before we get to the applause. What, were you eight years old when you got married? There you go. I was a young buck. No, no, I wasn't that young. But I, I, I know. Uh, well, I, I'll take it as a compliment, Mike. Thank you. Yeah. No. How many? How many? How many years, uh, Victor? Twenty-two. So last year, Clark, in New York, when uh, when I was honored by Gallup, uh, we we celebrated our twenty-first wedding anniversary. That's why I know exactly the date. And uh, oh, wow. it was such a treat. Uh, this year, we won't be able to be doing uh, travel anywhere because of the campaign. Um, I actually right. have our first debate on Sunday, so I'll be prepping for that tomorrow. But we, we will go out and experience and have a nice. Nice dinner, but uh, it's been 22 great years, and I, I wouldn't change them for the world. Great family, great family. Congratulations. Thank you. Okay, um, there's just so, there's, we we could talk to Victor for, for hours, Clark. <laughs> oh, yeah. you better believe it. You better yeah. believe it. And, and uh, one, I saw some. Yep. Go ahead. On a side on a side note, I have to say I'm very impressed, Victor, with a world record that you hold. Oh, so, there you go. Yeah, that's the uh, that happened. Uh, uh, it happened actually in July, but it became official just a couple of weeks ago. And uh, so you're you're speaking to the world record holder for the longest handgun shot distance of 2,010 yards with a handgun. 
using yeah. wow. a break that USA one shot. I don't know if you met them, Clark. They were there at um, in uh, Baltimore. Were those the ones had, with the blue? Uh, they had a. They it's had a, like it's a brace. Yes, it's a brace that you put yes. up to your yeah. to your handgun. Uh, USA one shot, and they want to promote this for officer safety. It kind of makes any handgun into like a mini rifle, and the officers can carry that on their belts. So in an active shooter situation, they pick it up, put it up uh, up uh, on their gun, and I shot that um, with a 10 millimeter at 2,010 yards and hit the target. I also set a second right. record at, 16, I think, 1650 six, uh, yards, 1,650 yards with another 10 millimeter, hit that target five times, and uh, it, it was incredible. I'm not, I'm not a competitive shooter by any means. Uh, I, I do have, obviously, a lot of shooting experience because of my law enforcement career. But USA one uh, one shot was very very courteous uh, courteous to me to to come and and, and give it a, give it a shot literally uh, mm -hmm. for for the record and uh, they were very confident that I was going to hit it and we went out to there to uh, a salt flat in Nevada and my son and I went out there during the summer and it got done and it, it happened and uh, so that's a that's a nice uh, alcohol to have and another thing too. Uh with the uh, with with the brace that you used, it still wasn't a rifle because you're still using a five inch barrel. So it's not. It has no. Yeah, it's it's completely separate from the handgun. Um, the officer, it's a it's a really it's a piece of plastic that is molded. Uh, you just grab it and put it up right. to your gun, and you grab the gun with the brace at the same time. And so if you could hit targets at two thousand, that's the point they want to make. If yeah. you could hit those targets, and I and I've shot other targets at 50, 75 yards. It's like you're shooting at five yards. It's that accurate and it helps you so much, especially when an officer is under distress in an active shooter situation, God forbid at a school or a mall. Uh, that's why they call it USA one shot. He could get him, mm. boom, and take out the threat in one shot. Wow. Incredible. Council council member Avila. Good shot. I like I like the, the ring to that. <laughs> and and just so you know, Victor, me and Clark are able to go to the White House. We we could send you our schedule that we have open dates for. So when when you go to the White House and you need company because you know we're a good company, I'll bring you guys along. Not only that, look, I'll, I'll come in as a house uh, as a housekeeper. No worry. <laughs> <laughs> I'll use the side door. <laughs> no, but it's, it's it's great to have you on, Victor. It's 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 Absolutely. an honor, and just great comments came in, and it's um you know th there's really not much to say. It, it I I have no words, Clark. What about you? What how do we, how do how do we wrap it's, this up in a way? It's it's very simple. It's a great honor to have an American hero with us here today. Uh, he's still fighting the fight. Still fighting the fight. He uh, he's retired and he's still in the fight. Uh, his partner is uh, has does hasn't had closure yet, so he's going to fight until the end. And I know you're going to get justice. I, I I really do know this. We're going to do That's this right. together. We're going to make it happen. Definitely will, Clark. Thank you so much for that. And we look forward to your book, Vic, uh, Victor. Yes, thank you so much. Uh, um, I'm very excited about that. That's that's very near and dear to my heart. That project, and uh, very excited that it's finally done. Yes, thank good you luck. so much. Thank you for taking the time, man. Yes, thank, thank you for the honor to have me. Thank and, you so much. And good luck with the book, and good luck with with your run. And it was great having you. And I'm I'm sure we're going to see you again real soon. Home. Always welcome good. back. Thank you so much, guys. Thanks, Victor. Have Bye -bye. a good. So that was retired ICE Homeland Security Investigations, Victor Avila. And what amazing. a great guest. What a great oh, guest. Yeah, it's amazing. He's a gentleman and he speaks from yeah. the heart. And I really do believe uh, he's going to be the uh, council member in South Lakes. I really believe that.
Yeah. It's, 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 it's just a, you just run out of words. You, what, what can you say? It, it's, you, you want to, you know, he, he's a great guy, great personality. When he went through, you, you, you don't want to wish upon your worst enemy, you know, and it's yeah. just, um, and, and you know, there's a lot of underlying factors that, that come from combat, the post-traumatic stress disorder and, and everything sure. else. And his family stuck together. And that, 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 that talks a lot about the, uh, the, the, the family structure that he had before. And now uh, after the incident and while he moves on, to the city council. Right. Very good. Yep. Well, uh, we're going to wrap it up, but we have uh, any more time left or we're going to wrap it up so we can just say goodbye to a few people. Yeah, we, we, we ran over uh, our time because it, it, how do you keep that to 28 minutes with someone like Victor? And you, you, yeah, it's, it's not a shame. <laughs> we, we just want to thank a couple of people and I want you to take the opportunity to give a couple of shout outs as well for because uh, this was a task. Uh, yes. Getting the pictures and talking all the time, but I think we had a great first program. Very I hope good. people agree so they can join us again. I want to thank uh, the president of the uh, NYPD Sergeant Benevolent Association, Ed Mullins. Ed is a no nonsense uh, labor leader, represents the sergeants uh, in the NYPD. And we thank him. We thank uh, his vice president, uh, Vincent Dallalong. Uh, and the rest of his team. He has a great office. And, you know, keep the fight. We're, we're in this together, uh, uh, President Mullen. So we want to thank you for making it possible for us to be here today. Yeah. And just thanks for everybody to, for watching and tuning in. And once we're done with the live stream, it's going to be it's going to be out there. So feel free to share it, like it. Um, it it's going to be on available on more platforms once it's shared. Right now we're going to eight uh, Facebook groups. Um, where we have a, a dedicated page called to the point with clock Pena, where it's streaming to, and plus other, um, other, other locations. There's a lot, so you could really see Absolutely. it anywhere you want. Please share it. Please like it. And we're going to bring you new shows every Friday night, seven thirty, seven thirty PM. Let us know, you know, what kind of guests that you want to see or any input you have to the show, make it, you know, more to your liking or something that you don't like, let us know. But hopefully it's more likes than dislikes. We have so. a date next week, uh, Mike. Friday. We do. We do. So on that note, Clark, is a good show. And thanks again to Victor. Thank you for the opportunity to be here with you guys. And we'll see you next week. Next week. God bless. Thank all the law enforcement officers out there doing a great work. Thank you, first responders. We salute yes. you. Yes. Take care. See you next week. Mm -hmm.